Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this edition, this Monday edition of the show. We are here to recap all the action that we saw in the NFL and college football. And to do that, I'm obviously joined by my good buddy, Kyle Krabs, who is not coming into a victory Monday. And uh, anxious to hear from you here, Kyle, because I saw a couple tweets on the Twitter machine there that uh, talked about you being a lifelong fan of the Eagles, a lifelong fan of the Vikings, and I feel like you're on the ledge here with uh, with that team that plays in the, in, in South Florida. Who? Yeah. The Hurricanes won, dude. <laughs> I don't know what else you could possibly be talking about. Uh, I am a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. Right. We all know this. Right. And it feels good to be enjoying a victory Monday along with you and the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia, Joe. Yeah, well, and well, Bills and and my Bengals, right? My Bengals, my my other favorite team, the Bengals. All right, so here's the best thing about what we do. Okay. When you're invested in the players in the pre-draft process, every single Monday is a victory Monday because you have players that show out on a weekly basis that are good for your brand. For example, right? Yeah. Like, for example, we are recording this at halftime of Sunday Night Football, but Deshaun Watson has played a hell of a first half against the Cowboys, Joe. He made some throws in this football game that many quarterbacks could not dream of attempting, particularly the one to Kiki Kuti that got Kuti beheaded by Xavier Woods and drew a personal foul penalty. But I digress. The throw is accurate. It's a tight window throw. Deshaun looks good. Mobility looks good. Um, We'll see what the end result is. I'm probably eating my words. uh, But right now, I would venture to say I'm a lifelong Houston Texans fan. It it, it could change. On a Sunday, that could change three, four times, it seems like. And that's where we're at. It did. So (laughs) if you are ready for draft season, which we always are, make sure that you are keeping it right here on the Draft Dudes podcast. Because we talk about the NFL draft year round, uh, and we talk all football, but it kind of always kind of has that draft uh, centered focus slant that it always comes back to. So make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast where we are for here. We are here for you all year long talking NFL draft. Kyle, before we start getting into the college football recap, I want to talk to everyone real quick about our sponsor for today's show, which is my bookie. And uh, Kyle, we get a lot of questions on Twitter and in uh, in other social media asking us for advice and and who to bet on. And the truth is, we don't always know who's going to win. But if you think you do, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I'm always going to tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online and their mobile site is easy to use. You can lay down some cash and win big today. I'd only recommend the service to our listeners. It's been good to me. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. 
you win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in a game. Join my bookie, and they're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar. you got to use our promo code, which is locked on, to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back after this to talk about the college football recap. So, Kyle, is this week five, week six? Week six. Week six. Oh, it sucks to that. We're kind of halfway over. Halfway over, Kyle. And, um, We're starting to kind of get a feel for this landscape, right? Some of these big teams are going down. The Red River rivalry was was huge for uh, getting a loss for Oklahoma. So there's a lot to dig into. Uh, Before we kind of get into the stuff that I know everyone wants to get into, I want to mention the game that I was at this weekend, Missouri and South Carolina. The big appeal there for me was to get live eyes on Drew Locke. And, you know, there was a lot going on here with Drew Locke going from the, the system that he was in Going into this year, he they hired uh, you know Derek Dooley, their a pro style coach, there to implement this new offense that was going to give us a much better look at Drew Locke and and get a better system to evaluate him from. If you watched him in years past, it's a lot of one read stuff, a lot of manufactured throws, space created by scheme, and you, you just kind of watch the guy that has really exciting physical ability. He's big, he's got a big arm, he moves fairly well for his size. But, you know, what was his process? What was his ability to read a defense and rip it? And, um, and it, so we get to see that more this year. And, Kyle, there's some things that I've liked about Drew Locke this year. Obviously, his physical traits are always going to be impressive. I think he's made some pretty good touch throws this season. Uh, that's probably been one of the biggest areas of growth that I've seen from Drew Locke. But his ability to function under pressure, I still have major, major concerns. And, and seeing him against South Carolina, Will Muschamp defense didn't really ease any of those concerns for me. When he's under pressure, when things are when, when, when defenders are coming, I'll give him a lot of credit. He keeps his eyes up. That's one thing I'll give him credit for, but the result, it could, could be anything. There's not a lot of uh, consistency. You know, you, you can tell the good quarterbacks, things will slow down for them when the bodies are coming, and they'll be able to make a play. They have those natural passing game instincts. I just don't think we get that from Drew Locke. And, you know, I, I'm not I'm not comfortable. I know we've talked a lot about Jared Stidham, but I think you can kind of loop in Stidham and Andrew Locke as, as senior SEC quarterbacks that had some buzz going into the season that uh, at this point, and I don't really know that it's going to get any different because they have a pretty long resume to this point, that I'm not sure really truly belong in this first-round conversation. I thought it was a disappointing performance for Drew Locke. He didn't handle the, the pressure or the weather conditions very well, and I know it was really, really sloppy out there. But even after the rain subsided and there was an hour and 20-minute rain delay or weather delay for lightning, he just didn't ever seem comfortable at any point in that game. Kyle, I'm out on Drew Locke. Okay, so we're out on Drew Locke. We're out on Jared Stidham. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it's the most apparent thing when you watch NFL play these days, whether that's Russell Wilson and, and that team scoring 30-plus points against the Rams this past weekend, or Deshaun Watson, the way that he's played in the first half against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, or Baker Mayfield against a 3-1 and Baltimore defense, um, ultimately engineering an overtime victory. 
one of the most important traits in quarterback play at the NFL level is how are you composed? How do you handle pressure? How well do you know what's going on so you know where your guys are at so that you can adjust? Would you say that's a fair assessment? Huge. Separator, Kyle. Yeah, and and separator is a big term there, and that's exactly what it is. And ultimately, those guys don't have it. Brian Lewerke didn't show it. Michigan State lost at home by 10 points to Northwestern. And this is where it gets hard because some of this is based on the conditions around, right? Like if you're hitting the top of your pass drop and your left tackle is already engaged in the swinging gate pass set and you've got a guy bearing down on you as soon as you hit your back foot and you get hit enough times, you're not going to trust your pass protection. You're not going to trust your teammates. You're not going to trust the execution of the offense. And that's really where you see this divide from a lot of players. And, you know, all quarterbacks get rattled with pressure. Like, duh, of course, if you get, if you get it in a guy's face and you hit him, you're going to get him out of rhythm. But can you rein it in? Can you, you know, make that play and you know, get your head on straight and make something happen? And with a lot of the really good quarterbacks in the NFL right now, whether that's Patrick Mahomes against the Broncos uh, last week, heck, even against the Jaguars at times this week, Russell Wilson had a play like that down in the red zone that ended up going for a touchdown. It's like you have to be able to create things off script. Kirk Cousins did that today against the Eagles. Yes. Won on the game with a couple of those throws. It's a great example. Absolutely right. So those guys don't do that. If you take away that first read, if you blitz them, and that first guy is taken away, they freeze. With Lewerke, it's if he's in the pocket, he feels pressures collapsing around him, he refuses to climb the pocket. He refused to climb the pocket last year, and now he's refusing to climb the pocket this year. He's running into sacks. Uh, lots of apprehension. Lots of concern. And because pocket mobility and decision-making and poise under pressure and feeling rushers while keeping your eyes down. feel like all of those things are infinitely more important than when what Drew Locke's best trait is, which is his arm strength. Yeah. So I'm absolutely with you in where you stand on those players that they don't have the must-have traits from what they've shown and what we've seen of them to be high-end starters at the next level. And another reminder that every quarterback seems to start out as a first rounder and then they work their way down from the back. Yeah. <laughs> every damn one of them. And thinking about Jake Bentley, who, you know, they played Garnecchia and that offense at South Carolina was as good as I've seen it since before Jake Bentley was a quarterback. I think it was Steven Garcia back there. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's just progression downward. And the ones that don't go down and stay in the first round category, they're those, those are the true first rounders. It's weird how these quarterbacks go. Joe, I have a request for you. Okay. Do you have your top 25 poll in front of you? Oh, geez. Are we doing this? We might do something along these lines. Uh, it, yeah, I'll have it open here by the time you finish with your lead. Setting the table? Yeah. Okay. I have a couple questions for you. Number one, I want to know who your number five team is. Okay. Because if you have any anybody else besides Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Ohio State in your top four, you're wrong. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. So I need to know who number five is. I need to know where Texas is. 
I need to know where Michigan is. And then I want to know where LSU landed for you with the loss uh, on the road to the Florida Gators, your Florida Gators, Joe. Yeah, they're back to being my Florida Gators. Um, Hey, Victory Monday, man. I'm claiming them all. I've always been a lukewarm Florida Gators fan. That's that's true. All right, so I've got a I've got a Florida Gators hat lying somewhere around my my closet from back in the day. There was a badass mascot, the Gators. Yeah, yeah. If you said Joe Gun to Head, who's your favorite college football team? I tell you, Florida, and it's true. I've I've liked them since Shane Matthews was a quarterback. Wow. Did I ever tell you the story real quick? I was five years old. I needed to have a favorite college football team. And in Western New York, nobody really cares about college football. And Syracuse is not really a big thing. And so I said, I needed to have a favorite team. I woke up, turned on college football. I saw an orange helmet with blue cursive writing. And I said, that is my favorite team. Shane Matthews was playing quarterback for Steve Spurrier. And uh, that's that's why if you made me say my favorite college football team, it would be Florida. Okay, so your questions were, who's my number five team? Yes. Notre Dame. That's correct. What's yeah. next? What's the next one? Where's Texas? Eight. Eight. Okay. I got them 11. Hater. Do you remember when you took Texas out for losing yes, Maryland? Yes, everybody on our staff took Texas out <laughs> except for you after they were only one to Maryland. And where's, and where's Texas now? I have them higher than you. I have them eight. You have them 11. Okay. I'm just clarifying. Because okay. Texas started 12 for me. They dropped to 16. Then they dropped to 18 with a lukewarm win over Tulsa. Then they beat USC, TCU, Kansas State, and now Oklahoma. And they've gone from 18 right. back to 11. Yes. Okay. Michigan. So Michigan is number. Because you took, you took Michigan out of your rankings, too. Yeah, they're 16 right now for me. 16. I got them 14. Okay. Where, where were they week one? Do you know? Week one, Michigan for Joe Marino was tw- – I didn't have him ranked. No, no, it's week one. I'm sorry, preseason. Preseason, Joe Marino had Michigan at 10. 10, and they lost to Notre Dame on the road by seven, who was ranked. Preseason? Yeah. My preseason rank on Notre Dame. <laughs> Are they even in here? I don't think they're in here. Let's see here. Uh, I had them 18. Okay, so Michigan was ranked 10, lost by seven to your 18th ranked team. On the road, and you took them all the way out of the top 25. Yeah. And now they're back up to 16. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then LSU. 10. 10? Yeah. After the loss to Florida? Yeah, that, exactly. What the hell are you talking about? Quality wins, Kyle. Quality, quality wins. wins. Yeah, LSU has quality wins so far this year. Miami. Yes. And Auburn. They beat Auburn. They beat – hold on, I'll tell you right They here. beat Old Miss 45-16. That's a good win. That's a statement win in the SEC, holding a dynamic offense like that to 16 points. They Alabama beat Miami, Auburn, and 62-7. They beat Miami, Auburn, and Old Miss, Kyle, and I believe in the defense. Miami beat FIU by 14, 31-17. Look, LSU has Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama their next three games. They're going to sink or swim here, you know? Same thing with Georgia. Georgia's got a a murderer's row coming up, too. Same with Michigan. Michigan's got at Wisconsin, home against Michigan State, bye week at Penn. I'm sorry, they're home against Wisconsin, at Michigan State, bye week, home against Penn State in the next three games. 
what's really interesting for me is NC State right now and West Virginia, right? Like yeah. that game that got canceled because of Hurricane oh, Florence. What could have been? We needed it, Kyle. We needed that to know more about both teams because West Virginia kind of fumbled uh, through their game with Kansas, and NC State's five or four, five and zero. Oh, but I mean, their best win is against Boston College in Virginia. Um, so what's interesting, right? They're undefeated as well as uh, Clemson. Both teams are idle this week and then play in Clemson next week. That's going to be for the ACC uh, Atlantic Division. Let's go. Yeah, it's a big one. That might be like one of the game day type thing. Hey, listen, if you're interested in going to that game, do we have a deal for you? Listen up, because I want to talk to you guys at home about Vivid Seats. Uh, Vivid Seats is an online ticket event marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. You're an NC State fan, for example. Maybe you got to get in, see that Clemson game. Maybe they win. Heaven forbid. It would be a memory to last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience. With the podcast code Locked On. Listeners can receive $20 off order of $200 or more if they're a first-time customer of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code Locked On to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed, of course, by a 100% guarantee. We will be right back after this short break to talk about the NFL slate from week five, and also talk about a trade rumor regarding a 2017 first-round pick. So, Joe, this is wild. The Arizona Cardinals reportedly, reportedly, are willing to listen to trade offers regarding and centered around 2017 first-round pick, 13 overall, Hassan Reddick from Temple. Did you see this? Yes, sir. This is so dumb, and I'll tell you why. So Reddick came into Temple as a safety, as a walk-on, built up his body, ended up playing edge rusher for the Temple Owls. Gets into the pre-draft process, stuns at the Senior Bowl because of his athletic ability, natural comfort on the second level. And you would think as a guy that used to play safety and a great athlete, okay, you know, this guy can play some, some coverage skills as well. Then he goes to the combine and he tests through the roof. And then he gets drafted and they say, hey, listen, you know, you're like 6'1". You're not long enough to rush the passer, so we're going to move you to off-ball linebacker. He learns the playbook. About seven weeks into the season, uh, Golden, Marcus Golden gets hurt. And the Cardinals say, hey, remember how we told you to forget all about rushing the passer? We need you to relearn it. We're going to play it outside linebacker for the rest of the season. And he generated nine pressures throughout the entire season as a rookie, I believe. And almost 50% of his snaps came as a pass rusher. And then in the offseason, Bruce Arians retires. They hire Steve Wilkes, who was the Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator, brings in a brand-new defensive playbook, and they're going to say, hey, Hassan, remember how we – told you to forget how to play edge rusher and then we played you at edge rusher anyway and made you forget all about playing linebacker we need you to forget all that ever happened 
We need you to relearn how to play linebacker, and you have to learn a new playbook. And then we get to the start of the season, and the Cardinals are like, duh, he doesn't show a lot of progression in playing linebacker yet. Well, no, no kidding. And they're concerned with Hassan's ability to pick up the playbook reportedly. And they, they are receptive to the idea of moving on from him. Joe, there are so many th- things wrong with this on a player progression level. I'm seeing red just talking about it. Especially for a team that's in the point of their rebuild as Arizona is. They should be embracing young players and developing them and putting them in position to succeed and not getting towards the end of their line after a guy's been on the team for less than two years who's extremely talented. We know for sure that multiple teams had first-round grades on him. And a player that has played so many different positions over the last five years, but we saw what he could be at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. And the Cardinals need to be investing in him and embracing him for where they are in their rebuild because I think he can be a, a, a key part of what they're going to do moving forward. Uh, but this sends the wrong message. You know, it's not like he's had years and years of underwhelming and performances and just not coming along. He, he's 20 games into his career. So this would be very, very, very premature, in my opinion. So, I mean, again, this report came from Jason Lockham, four of CBS Sports. Uh, I he's have no sources. Yeah, I know he's hit or miss, and that's that's why I am kind of following up with this. I have no personal sources on this matter. But anytime a report of this magnitude does kind of get out into the sphere, it's worth talking about. And somebody told Jason Lockham for this, yeah. whether they were telling him the truth or not. I mean, that remains to be seen. I believe I saw Hassan made a play or two in that, that Cardinals mm-hmm. win against San Francisco. Yep, he was out there for sure. So, I mean, that that's good news. But, I mean, Hassan has not played notable snaps, I think, last week. Not yesterday, but last week. I think he only played five or six snaps, mm. something like that. So, I mean, the usage has certainly been down. Uh, he's lost the starting role. So, uh, something to monitor going forward, especially with the trade deadline creeping up here as we get into the heart of the season. Joe, rapid fire, we're just going to – Take a couple takes here and get these things off from the hip. Who's a player or a team that stood out to you for better or for worse? Yeah, the player that really stood out for me and for the wrong reasons, Marcus Mariota, Kyle. I'm getting nervous here. I don't think he's special. You know, he's a number two overall pick in 2015, and so you have very high expectation for a player in that role, and I don't really like, you know, his progression over the last couple seasons. I know there's been a lot of inconsistency with the coaching side, uh, personnel stuff there with Tennessee, but yeah, just watch him, and, and I just don't know that this is ever going to be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. So um, I was very underwhelmed with his performance against the Bills, and, and it just didn't didn't feel like he was a guy that was going to be able to read it and rip it and be the reason that you're winning football games like a number two overall pick should be. Amen to that. I, I totally agree with you, which hurts to say. I was a big fan of Marcus coming out of Oregon, uh, but he's gone backwards with progression. He has not gone the right way. And uh, a quarterback also stood out to me for all the wrong reasons, Joe. I want to talk briefly, (laughs) like to emphasize that briefly about Ryan Tannehill, okay? Because this is year seven of the Ryan Tannehill experience uh, with the Miami Dolphins. And we know exactly who Ryan – it's exactly like what we talked about with Drew Locke. 
right? And Jared Stidham. We've seen enough of Ryan Tannehill to know who he is at this point. And this is not just like a knee-jerk reaction to a very bad game in which he handed the Bengals the game and directly gave the Bengals 14 points off turnovers from his hand to defenders' hands in a in a ugly, ugly loss for Miami. So as I sit here and I reflect and I look at the influx of quarterback talent that's come into the league since 2011 when Ryan Tannehill I'm sorry, 2012, when Ryan Tannehill was brought in. You have the following names. Russell Wilson. Joe, would you rather have Ryan Tannehill or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Would you rather have Ryan Tannehill or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Okay. Now, buckle in. It's going to get real fun here in just a second. Would you rather, rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or Ryan Tannehill? Jimmy G. Would you rather have Derek Carr or Ryan Tannehill? Derek Carr. Would you rather have Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> uh, it's, that that one's yeah. hard. Yeah, I probably would go. Mm, I'd go Mariota. It's a coin toss for me. Yeah, close. You're, I'm not, I don't feel great about it. That's what gun to head. That's who I pick. Would you rather have Jameis Winston or Ryan Tannehill? Jameis. Would you rather have Carson Wentz or Ryan Tannehill? Oh man. Mind you, the Dolphins traded the Eagles the sixth pick that they used to trade up and get Carson Wentz that year. Not good. Carson. How about Deshaun Watson? Yeah, Watson. How about Patrick Mahomes? Yep, Mahomes. How about Trubisky? Give me Mitch. The How about Josh Rosen? Oh, yeah, you think? How about Sam Darnold? Yeah, I'd take Sam. Okay, so my point is this. The Dolphins were not in striking distance for all of these players, but these were all players. I obviously glossed over Baker Mayfield, who was the first round pick or first overall pick this year. Uh, these were all players and quarterback pools that the Dolphins haven't even sniffed because they've been invested in the player who is the exact same player that he was six years ago. Can't operate in the pocket. Very poor feel for pass rushers around him. Throwing short of the sticks on third down with the fifth highest rate in the NFL this year. His QB rating, I think, drops 40 points when he's blitzed or on third down. So let's go ahead and put it to bed. The Ryan Tannehill thing, it's not working. It's time to move on. And, of course, they're going to figure it out in the year in which there's Jack squat at the quarterback position. And I'm sure they'll, t- they'll find some square peg, put it in a round hole, and then they'll be totally out of the boat again in 2020 when there is the potential for a plethora of quarterback talent because that's what this franchise has done for 20 years now. I'm off the soapbox, Joe. I'm done. Uh, Sam, can we talk Sam Darnold real quick? Um, yeah, let's go. Big win, 34-16 win for the Jets over Denver. Darnold was 10 of 22 for a buck, 98, three touchdowns and an interception. Uh, the, you look at all the rookies this week, actually, maybe not Baker, but if you look at Josh Allen, Josh Rose, and Sam Darnold, their completion uh, attempt percentage, not good. Uh, but for from Sam especially, I thought he hit some throws uh, against the Broncos. A lot of stuff where he was just hitting his back foot and being decisive and hitting throws down the field, which is something, honestly, we haven't seen a ton of from Sam Darnold. It's something I'm yearning for 
from Josh Allen, even though I don't know if he's capable of that. But Sam Darnold, I really felt like this was one of his most comfortable performances, obviously the three touchdowns, but some of his moments on third down where he was he was ripping it and, and letting it fly with good decision-making, good accuracy. I thought it was a lot of growth uh, this Sunday from Sam Darnold. Yeah, I have one more shouts to give. Uh, Josh Reynolds got some playing time for the L.A. Rams. Uh, they had Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup both go down with concussions in this football game. Josh is a draft dude's alumni, Joe. Yes. So it's great to see the man finally get in on the action a little bit. Uh, he had it cooking a little bit. Do we uh, – hold on, my producer's pulling up his stat line. I want to make sure I get it right. Respect the man. Uh, against the Seahawks, uh, two catches for 39 yards, a long of 22, and he also took a handoff. So how about that? Josh Reynolds, it's great to see you getting in on the action. He was a guy who was super high on coming out. And uh, obviously in that Rams offense, it's it's hard to get some looks because yeah. there's a lot of mouths to go around. Uh, but uh, just wanted to tip the cap to a draft dude's alumni and Josh and his uh, his opportunity to get a couple touches this past yeah. Sunday. Cooks and, Cooks and Cup, you know, we'll see what happens with those injury situations. That definitely led to – Josh getting on the field, but you know, it seems like just kind of waiting for that chance. He's might be a player that's always going to be buried there and he might find some production on his next team because I think he's I like got Robert ability. Woods. Yeah. Well, geez. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to end on a high note. Jeez. The, the Bills <laughs> receiving that? core was Watkins Wood, Goodwin, Hogan, Charles Clay, LaShawn McCoy. Couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. It's crazy. Thank you. Well, Invested in the bad quarterback, just like the Miami Dolphins. You're done. It's already been there done. It's, the the Band-Aid's off, but uh, we'll see how this next one goes. Yeah. You guys should check back in with us. Tomorrow is Takes on Takes Tuesday here on Draft Dudes, where we take your takes and release them onto the audio waves and give our impressions on how crazy or not crazy your takes are. You want to give us some of those? You can reach Joe and I on Twitter. I am at grinding the tape. Joe is at the Joe Marino. Make sure you swing over to thedraftnetwork.com. And hey, let's give a little bit of love to some of the other locked on podcasts, Joe. How about locked on NFL draft? Our boys, John and Trevor, doing great things. And locked on NFL with um, Matt Williamson. I believe they have a pro football focus guest coming up this week. Yep, so that um, they do that every Tuesday, I want to say. Regardless, so make sure you check out Locked On NFL. Matt does a wonderful job with that show. Locked On NFL Draft, our Draft Network cohorts, John and Trevor. Um, More the merrier, right? You know, you guys, you should be in the gym for at least 60 minutes a day. No, it's good for you. So take advantage of that. Hit a couple of these podcasts while you're there, and we'll sweat it out with you. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.